48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. Tonight's headlines. Police have arrested University of Hong Kong students under the national security law and a fund that offers protesters financial support will be shut down later this year. Police say they have arrested four University of Hong Kong students on suspicion of advocating terrorism under Article 27 of the National Security Law. The students are accused of being involved in the passing of a motion during a students' union council meeting last month, days after a man stabbed a police officer and then killed himself on July the 1st. That motion expressed sadness over the man's death. Violet Wong reports. Speaking in a media briefing, Steve Lee, a senior superintendent with the Forces National Security Department, said the students spoke during a students' union council meeting days after the incident, during which a motion was passed to rationalize, beautify and glorify the indiscriminate attack and encourage people to commit suicide. He added the council publicized the motion on social media platforms afterwards. The council later withdrew the motion that said they had appreciated the assailant's sacrifice and apologized. Here's Mr. Lee. Definitely, we will mention the subsequent acts of the student, including the apologize and all this stuff, to the court about what they are doing afterwards. But uh, unfortunately, because we are the law enforcement officers, we are just with reference to the law to do our things. So at this time, we have to arrest, arrest them for the, for the offocating of the terrorism. The four suspects are aged from 18 to 20. RTHK has learned that former student union president Kuo Wing Ho and head of the council Chen Keng Sang were among those arrested. Mr Lee said they will also interview others who attended the council meeting, including those who voted for the motion or described the attacker as a martyr. Secretary for Security Chris Tang spoke to the media in Lashko. Freedom of speech is safeguarded by the basic law and also the national security law. But if you have committed an offence, uh, there's no excuse. Whatever background you are, whatever professional you are, uh, we will do it fairly and impartially in accordance with evidence. Chief Secretary John Lee, for his part, said there's a need to build a law-abiding city and culture to ensure Hong Kong people have a lovely city to live in. A fund that offers legal and financial support for protesters has announced that it will be shut down later this year. Timmy Sung has more. The June 12 Humanitarian Relief Fund was formed after the anti-extradition protests began in 2019. It's raised more than $236 million so far. The fund has announced that it's not taking on new cases and plans to cease operation at the end of October. It collects donations through a bank account belonging to the Alliance for True Democracy. The fund says it made the decision to stop running after learning that the alliance is shutting down, citing the latest social development. The fund said while it will stop receiving donations from late next month, it still needs to raise about $25 million to settle outstanding legal fees and other operation costs. The fund said there are still about 220 pending court cases and about half of them will be affected by the shutdown. Former Civic Party lawmaker Margaret Ng is a trustee of the fund. And without a bank account, we just cannot, cannot operate at all. So as to whether there is any political uh, pressure behind, I don't think we are in a position to guess. And it, in a way, it's not relevant for us to guess. The fund has to cease operation before our mission is accomplished. It's a matter of deep regret for all of us. However, 
we try to think that this is not an occasion for dejection. So it is already a remarkable achievement for Hong Kong civil society that we have come this far. DAB lawmaker Elizabeth Quart is urging authorities to investigate the fund to see if any illegal activities were involved. I think this fund has a lot of responsibility to all the offence by some of the youth who committed offence during the 2019 incidents. Other than legal matters, I think the fund also has moral responsibility. She wants authorities to look into where the money came from and how it was used. To the weather forecast, mainly cloudy with showers which will be heavier in some areas with squally thunderstorms at first. Sunny intervals tomorrow afternoon with temperatures in the region of 27 to 31 degrees. The outlook becoming fine and very hot in the next few days. Currently it's 29 degrees with humidity at 76%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. Former Chief Executive C.Y. Lung is calling on the government to put in place mechanisms to tackle what he calls radicalization in Hong Kong. Speaking at the launch of a book by the One Country, Two Systems Research Institute, he said these SAR is not immune to the problems faced by many other countries as more people here have resorted to violence over the past two years. Mr. Lung was asked whether the jailing of activists and the disbandment of civic groups could lead to a more radical society. We have issues in, in our society that we need to deal with, but everyone in society should be law-abiding. And any act on the part of anyone in Hong Kong, because no one is above the law, anyone who breaches the law should face the consequences. And we also should be aware of the fact that some of our young people were recruited. They are probably still being recruited, and there's an issue that we need to face and also of the fact that there are de-radicalization techniques and systems that should be put in place to make sure that we do not face the same problems again. A tree pruner with the Leisure and Cultural Services Department has died after the crane she had been working from collapsed. The woman's co-worker also suffered injuries as a result of the accident at the junction of Water Street and Devere Road West shortly after 9 a.m. Video footage circulating online showed that the elevated platform which the two had been working on plunged after the crane supporting the platform broke. The Labor Department says it's investigating the case. Environmental group GreenSense has called on the government to do more to educate the public and impose stricter guidelines on online shopping packaging. As they say, consumers have been getting used to the worsening problem of overpackaging amid the pandemic. Kelly Yu reports. A recent study by GreenSense found that over 718 million pieces of packaging waste was generated in Hong Kong over the past year. But out of 209 respondents surveyed between May and June this year, only 35% of them think there's an overpackaging problem with their online purchases, 16% lower than last year. Gabrielle Ho, the group's senior project manager, said people have been relying so much on online shopping during the lockdown that they no longer even realize that overpackaging is a big problem. After all the year of the pandemic period, they may have more and more consumption online. So they may get more used to the overpackaging problem and they did not think it is very severe right now. In one extreme case, she said a single product was wrapped using newspaper, bubble wrap, plastic tape and other packing materials, all inside a cardboard box. The group called on the government to impose stricter restrictions on packing for products bought online and to formulate packaging guidelines. 
It also urged the authorities to step up public education on the importance of recycling. After its survey found that many respondents were unable to tell what's recyclable and what's not. Lawmakers have voted to treat certain wildlife offences as organised and serious crimes in an effort to combat wildlife trafficking. The move to include these crimes in the Organised and Serious Crimes Ordinance gives authorities more power to clamp down on such illicit activities, allowing them to go after the syndicates and masterminds behind the illegal wildlife trade. DAB lawmaker Elizabeth Quant introduced the private member's bill. The message to the international community is very clear. Hong Kong will not tolerate this kind of wildlife trafficking. And our society are very keen in the protection of wildlife. Um, so I think the government should make use of AI, the recent technology, to build a better database in order to do analysis and study on this kind of wildlife trafficking. Conservationists have also welcomed LegCo's latest move, saying it will give teeth to local enforcement authorities to combat wildlife trafficking. Sam Inglis is the Wildlife Program Manager for ADM Capital Foundation. I think it's a major step in actually positioning Hong Kong as a global leader in taking the fight to wildlife traffickers. I think for a very long time, Hong Kong has been sort of perceived, uh, rightly or not, by wildlife traffickers as a viable or a safe haven where they can continue to perpetrate their crimes. And I think this has been evidenced by the fact that local authorities have seized at least a billion dollars worth of wildlife in just the past 10 years. And I think that this legislation is a really vital step in actually taking the fight to the wildlife criminals who have continued to profit from this illicit trade. Health officials have reported three imported COVID cases, with all of the patients being infected with the L452R mutant strain. The Center for Health Protection said two patients who arrived from Turkey and the United States had received one or two doses of the BioNTech vaccine earlier. There are also about five preliminary positive cases. The unemployment situation in Hong Kong has eased further with the government reporting a jobless rate of 5%. That's half a percentage point lower than the figure released last month. The government says the construction, retail, accommodation and food services, as well as arts, entertainment and recreation sectors saw the most distinct improvement. Labor Secretary Lao Chi Kuang says he expects the employment situation to get better with the rollout of the consumption voucher scheme and the economic recovery. But he warned of continued risks from the global spread of coronavirus variants. Organizers of the Hong Kong Marathon have said the event will be held on October 24th, but it'll open only to those who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Timmy Sung has the details. Organizers say the number of runners allowed will be down from about 74,000 in 2019 to 18,500 this year, with a quota of 4,000 for the full marathon, 6,500 for the half marathon and 8,000 for the 10 kilometers race. At least half of the quotas are reserved for those who signed up for last year's races that were cancelled because of the pandemic. They can start registering from August 23rd. Others can begin to sign up from September 2nd. Organizers said the routes for the full and half marathon will remain the same as in 2020 while the 10 kilometers race will start at the Western Harbour Crossing Toll Plaza in Kowloon. They stressed all runners are required to have received both doses of the COVID-19 vaccine before October 10th, adding that they will need to present a negative COVID test result conducted 72 hours before the races. 
those tests will be free of charge. Taliban official says Anas Haqqani, a senior leader of the Taliban-affiliated Haqqani militant group, has held talks with former Afghan President Hamid Karzai as the insurgents intensify their efforts to form a government. The BBC's Caroline Hawley reports. The situation has become more orderly at Kabul airport since the chaotic scenes of Sunday and Monday. But many Afghans are still desperate to leave, and a NATO security official said 17 people had been injured in a stampede at an airport gate. Talks are continuing on setting up a new administration for the country. Afghans have been shocked to see one of the men involved is a leader of the Al-Haqqani network, a militant faction that's been behind some of the worst attacks in the country in recent years. The UN High Commissioner for Refugees, Filippo Grandi, has urged Western nations to halt deportations of Afghan citizens given the Taliban takeover. He said it was also important that Afghanistan's neighbours, particularly Iran and Pakistan, keep their borders open to give an escape route to Afghans with genuine fears for their safety under Taliban rule. Mr. Grandi told the BBC his organisation had already spoken to the Taliban about some issues. Our contacts with the Taliban's both in the provinces and in Kabul for the time being have focused on let us work, provide us with security because there's a gap at the moment in law and order. And of course, going forward, let us resume our programs, including education, education for women and so forth. The British government's handling of the Afghan crisis has come in for severe criticism in Parliament. In an emergency debate, the former Prime Minister Theresa May said the decision to go along with the U.S. withdrawal seemed to have been taken on a wing and a prayer. Her successor, Boris Johnson, said there was no appetite among NATO allies to keep troops in Afghanistan without U.S. support. I really think that it is uh, an illusion Uh, to believe that there is appetite amongst any of our partners for a continued military uh, presence or 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 for a military solution uh, imposed by NATO in Afghanistan, Mr Speaker. That idea ended with the combat mission in 2014. French authorities say one person has died in the wildfires raging in the south of the country. Six firefighters have been injured and 20 people have suffered from smoke inhalation in the blaze that broke out on Sunday in the hills behind Saint-Tropez on the Mediterranean coast. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Police have arrested University of Hong Kong students under the national security law and a fund that offers protesters legal and financial support will be shut down later this year. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 
still the Queen of Soul in my book, Aretha Franklin, of course. And until you come back to me, that's what I'm going to do. The title of that beautiful soul piece brings the time to 18 minutes past 11 on a Wednesday night here in Hong Kong. Wherever you're listening to us, you're more than welcome. It's Radio Peter Gmail if you'd like to be in touch as we play a song from John Travolta next. Some loving had me a blast. 